Hello and welcome to BDO South Africa's Sector Podcast, Frankly Speaking. My name is Limo Dedi, Sector Communication Specialist and your host for this podcast series. Our aim for this podcast is to deliver short, informative insights covering financial services, technology, natural resources, real estate and construction, media and telecoms, public sector, consumer goods, and the mid-market. Don't forget to subscribe to our Frankly Speaking podcast series and stay informed. Just visit bdo.co.za to subscribe. Carbon is arguably one of the biggest threats to our planet. We generate tons of it daily as organizations and even as individuals. Chatting to me today about carbon footprints and what we can do to reduce them is Dineo Mogono, manager and geologist at BDO within the natural resources sector. Okay, Dineo, let's have a frank discussion about carbon footprint. Most people think they know what it is. Can you give us a, a definition? Um, thank you. Well, from my knowledge and in the space that I've been, I would define it as um, a trail, if I may put it that way, a trail of information or values of the amount of carbon that you are emitting um, in your business or individually as a person. So whether it be through burning of operation directly or indirectly, then that's when you release those carbon emissions. So the footprint is how you, what you do, how you emit, and how much you emit the carbon um, dioxide into the atmosphere. So I would describe it in layman's term just like that. But then again, um, there's a definition from the World Health Organization that I really like. It's a measure of the impact. So the emphasis on the impact is what I I mostly mm. resonate with, that your activities have on the amount of CO2, which is carbon dioxide, produced through the burning of fossil fuels and is expressed as CO2 emissions producing tons. So because the amount um, in terms of conversion factors, the SI units that are measured in, it's done in tons. But then that's a story for another day because it depends on which country you're in. But universally, we we measure it in in tons, if I may put it that way. Um, and what should people be conscious of when it comes to assessing their own carbon footprint? What what do I need to know um, about how much carbon I'm emitting into the air with my daily activities? With your daily activities, um, one should know the the values, if I may put it that way. Because if you're driving from work to to home and vice versa, then the amount that the time you're spending in traffic, the vehicle that you're driving, because nowadays we're paying for carbon tax in the vehicles when you purchase the vehicle. So they're already penalizing you for the amount of carbon that you are, that you are using. Also the type of food, I mean, if I may take it to that, the type of food, the processes that are involved in it. You know, when they mm. say buy local, they know what they mean when they say buy local. It's not only for South African economy, but it's also for the, for the footprint. Because if you buy something that is elite and comes from Cape Town, it has to be um, transported this side. You can imagine the amount of carbon dioxide just to transport it, the processes as well that are involved in the food that you're eating. Hence, someone would say, grow your own garden instead 
of buying it from somewhere else. So it's it's all those little things. I know mm. some of them we can't quantify, but in our daily lives, when you when they say buy local, grow your own things, um, think twice. Do you really need to travel, or you can do it visually? So it's it's things like that that we can take into consideration um, when you have to assess your own carbon footprint. So and so when I'm thinking about my kind of my day to day, there's a lot of I mean we've I think I think I was younger when the whole conversation began and then you start to see started to see aerosols and and spray cans now saying that you know they are carbon free. How far true is that? Well, <laughs> I would not necessarily say they are carbon free. Um, I would put it that they're emitting way less than they were initially. So they would say it's negligible, as in it's less than a certain percentage if they have um, a target to adhere to. But I would not mm. say carbon free unless you have, they're using water vapor. Then you know that's carbon free. There's no carbon element in that. Um, in that gas. So um, I think I have to go to the whole thing that about the misconception that people have about carbon footprint to see if you only burn fossil fuels, then that is a carbon footprint. But in the other gases that have a carbon element that when you burn them, you do release a bit of carbon emissions. And over time, these things accumulate. So you'd find in the next 10 years, if you've been burning the same thing all over again, it becomes like its impact becomes greater. So it's not only when you burn coal, then you get carbon dioxide. No, there are other things, there are other gases like methane, like nitrous oxide, where the chemical composition of them have carbon elements in it. Okay, and I mean, you, you mentioned methane, and I've heard something about, you know, the reason, one of the reasons uh, that vegans go vegan um, is that, you know, I suppose cows um, emit, I mean, their methane, for example. Um, I don't want to say farts, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but is, is there kind of an impact on eating meat on your carbon footprint? I think one thing that we need to realize is that there's naturally made gases naturally means they are in line with what nature requires and then there's man-made the reason we have all these treaties and everything is because man-made carbon emissions they are growing at a faster rate and depleting nature whereas the natural ones are there for a purpose and they serve to, to balance nature so the imbalance comes from man-made so if a cow produces dung that has methane that is a natural mm. thing you know, so we can't say we have a lot of cows and then therefore their methane is going to go up. No, the methane will go up because we have coal or other mining industries that use methane in their operation or production that uses methane in their operation. And when they all come together because of production and technology and innovation, then everything becomes a mess. It's not necessarily the natural part that I think will have an impact. If, some, if cows are supposed to produce dung, then that's nature's way. Hence, we use dung for manure so that it fertilizes. Mm. You know, but you okay. can't necessarily use methane from a mine or a production something to fertilize. Okay, understood. And and what do you think are some of the things that people neglect to talk about when it comes to leaving a carbon footprint? 
I think most people are mostly, and especially in South Africa, they're concentrating more on their direct emissions, if I may put it that way. Um, whereas you forget that the indirect emissions, although it's somebody else's responsibility, but it will not be their responsibility if you, as a secondary user, didn't need it. So I think we need to have that conversation to say if we say ESCOM is polluting the environment, but ESCOM is also serving a service to the country in terms of providing electricity, then who is responsible for that? We can't expect ESCOM to be totally responsible. We are also in demand of that. Hence, I think the move towards renewables is is very important. So I think we need to have that conversation to say we can't blame the direct polluters, whereas we are also in demand of what is required of them polluting is because we, as the people, as the government, as the citizens, we are also in demand of that. Yeah. So, I mean, what is South African, the South African government's plan when it comes to reducing its own carbon footprint? Well, South Africa has signed um, the treaty with the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, UNFCCC. So we we are under UN, UNF, Triple C. We, we sit on a lot of tables like the Conference of the Parties, um, Intendant, Nationally Determined Contributions, you know, and most of our companies are, um, are signatories to such things as the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. So we have all these things and we also have targets as a country because we are one of the <laughs> highest ranked emitters in the world. I think we are at number 12. So we do have our own... Yeah, that... (laughs) It is. (laughs) I mean, we are following... But if you look at it, the politics is that most of these um, countries that are high, because they're developing countries, you know, we're trying to make our economy more... Like we are boosting it further than where we are right now. And hence, there's a lot of mining, a lot of coal production, and all those other things. But that's the political side of it. But South Africa is taking its stride because um, even the Department of Environmental Affairs have various um, articles on what it's doing, you know. I mean, the National Development Plan also has, um, it includes some bit of climate change on what we can do to reduce our impact. And also the, what's this, the the targets that, that they have said, you know, they have signed to say we're going to reduce so much like there's a worldwide one to say 2% over so many years, and then there's a country one to say so many tons of emissions we're not going to emit, and we're going to put certain things in place, like right now in terms of renewables. I think that's where we are moving. Um, Lower-hanging fruits like efficiencies, you know, where we have streetlights, robots that are working with um, energy-efficient appliances, and we also have energy-efficiency Retrofit. I mean, right now, most municipalities are implementing those. And also renewables. I mean, we have wind farms. Um, now they're building RDP houses with solar geysers. So there are strides, although we might not see it in a larger scale, but there are strides that the company, that the country as a whole is implementing in order to meet those targets. Okay, and and, I mean, speaking about renewables and you mentioned wind farms and and solar energy, what else do you think the government could start implementing um, for us to move closer to um, renewable energy? 
Um, I think so far, oh, one thing I also forgot to mention is the whole carbon tax as well. You know, there are legislations that they have implemented to, to curb certain things. But I think if you look at our um, our environment as a country, a large population, which is the manufacturing, production, mining sector, like the industrial sector, is the one that emits quite a lot. So I think the emphasis from the government now should be on the highest polluters, you know, encourage them, have incentives. I mean, we have things like the clean development mechanisms where companies can have those um, innovations, implement them into their operations and also give some back to the community. So we need to look at the chunk of the polluters, which is the industrial um, sector, and look at them to say, what can you do? Be innovative. And then government should reward those innovations, you know, to say you are helping us, so yeah. we are rewarding you. I don't know how. But then there should be some sort of incentives for companies that are doing well. And for those that are not, there should be some form of um, fine, if I may put it that way, or some legal implications. You know, there should be targets now for people, for companies to say those that are doing so much, they should be liable for so much. I know common tax is there, but it's not yet implemented in full. You know, there's still queries around it, but it is there. So I think that is the yeah. first step to holding those responsible, those that are polluting more responsible. Absolutely. And, okay, so if we're talking about, you know, the industries, what do organizations need to know about their carbon footprint as, as companies? They need to know their actual footprint from cradle to grave. I think that's what they need to know. Because right now we just know what you... From, for some of them, they know what they made in this process, but then the impact in full from cradle to grave, most companies do not have them. Some do, but some do not. So I think most companies should know that when you do something from A to Z, this is the, these are the results. Because some would say, no, my impact is lower. Yes, it is lower annually. But if you round it up over the next 10 to 20 years, then you would have had a greater impact. So I think they should also consider their impact over the long run. Not to say because I'm filing tax annually, come on tax annually, then I'm fine. Or I'm not liable because I have so much. I'm, I'm below the threshold. Because some will be below the threshold by 10 megatons, for example. But it's still a lot if you are um, emitting 90 megatons, if you know what I mean. Just because it's set at 100 megatons and you are below by 90, it doesn't mean you don't have an impact you do have an impact. It's just that you just fall short of the threshold in order for you to pay for that impact. Okay, and, and how does one measure this impact? Is there someone who an organization can call to kind of assess the situation or how do you go about it? Well, you can call people. I mean, at BDO, we do offer that service of um, carbon tax liability. And like I said, we'd find clients who say, but I'm below the threshold, so I should be fine. But it's not about paying the tax. It's about measuring the impact. So we can help you improve your processes by measuring your impact over the long run and also give advice on what to do best because there are qualified people. I mean, I'm one of them in my previous life before BDO. 
I was doing greenhouse gas accounting, if I may put it that way, to calculate the carbon footprint of a, of a company in all its processes, mm-hmm. direct and indirect emissions. So we do have that background. And I'm also um, a qualified scientist. My, my background is science. So we do have that at BDO. We do have some people that can help a company nice. to say, these are your impacts over 10 years. What can you do to improve your processes? So we can definitely do better then. There's really no excuse for a company to, to neglect looking at, you know, the impact that they have. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for some, like take BDO, for example, although we know that our um, we don't burn anything on site or do anything, but we do have um, things that we have implemented, like motion sensors, LED lights, you know, things that help the, to reduce our energy consumption to a certain level because we do know that we do have an impact on the environment. So it is things okay. like that, small things like that, that companies should also be aware of. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat to me today. All right, no problem. Thank you, Lee. Thank you.